Welcome to First World Problems, the podcast, episode number four, brought to you by Pure Noise Records. In this episode, we will be reviewing new music from Agaloc, My Chemical Romance, Hashuka, and the new Have Heart DVD. We will also be reviewing the movie Black Swan. And our special guest is Jason Wilshire from To Die For Clothing. All right, welcome to another show. Uh, we keep getting more listeners, and we appreciate you guys continually checking us out. So thank you very much. And um, you can contact us at fwppodcast at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at fwppodcast. And for the next episode, we want every single one of you that listens to this episode to call us on our Google Voice number, which is 657 859-1761 and let us know your favorite record of the year. So you can just call, leave a voicemail. If you say something interesting and compelling, you may become internet famous by us playing you on the show. 15 people might hear what your favorite record is. I think you meant to say 15,000 people. Sorry. Sorry. Such a negative Nancy. I know. Good with numbers. It's true, it's true. Joey gets those numbers easily confused. <laughs> Uh, and Can we also the microphone, please, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> we also apologize. Scott is sick, and he's been permanently s- sick. He's been sick for about three weeks or so. Three years. Yeah. In Joey's terms. Yes. Yeah. So yes, please call that number. Give us your favorite record of the year and why it's your favorite record of the year. Or any doctors you recommend. Yeah, or, or free doctors that Scott yeah. may need. <laughs> free clinics. Yeah. Yeah. So now we will talk about our quick hit section. <laughs> really, Scott? <laughs> Normally, that sounds so much better. I know. I don't, I don't have the energy today. You need to. We need to pre-record. <laughs> a pew 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 pew. pew. <clears throat> um, so yeah, this is where we just recommend something that we have been enjoying over the course of the past few weeks. Joey, can you please yes, give me your quick hit? I can. I would like to recommend the BS Report. It is a podcast done by Bill Simmons at ESPN. For anyone who is even slightly interested in sports, I highly recommend you check out the podcast. Um, it has now become my second favorite podcast behind this one. Uh, uh, it's highly entertaining, usually about two, three times a week. Um, and it covers all sports <coughs> and um, the challenge. So, uh, I, know I, love it. I like, I, I agree with Joey. I started to get into the show. It's not. There are certain shows that are obviously all about sports, like betting lines and stuff. And those I those I don't those I don't listen to. But then others, he like interviews people, and he's a very uh, he's very pop culture savvy. So I think people that enjoy this show would probably like that show as well. You're welcome, Bill Simmons. Yeah, <laughs> maybe you can come on a guest and or sponsor a show. Yeah. His he's, got, show, he's got the Subway Fresh Take Hotline. Yeah. <laughs> so Subway will be our next sponsor. Yeah. Scott, would you please recommend to me something quick and hit-like? I'm going to recommend a product called WakeMate. Wake... You can't hear me anyway. But if you're talking like this, Scott... I can hear myself, which is fine. I, Hi, I'm going to do the rest of the podcast like this. Okay, WakeMate is a product. It's a bracelet that you wear to go to sleep. 
and this bracelet communicates with your iPhone. And by judging by the pulses of the way you sleep, it wakes you up within a designated window that you've set at the most opportune time in your sleep cycle so that you're not rattled awake by your alarm. Sounds oh. like it sounds like witch doctor stuff, dude. Scott, you don't sleep. Do you use that? No, it's like just coming out now. It's fifty bucks. So you're recommending a product you haven't even touched, based I've on. I've never the, listened to the the BS report. So. Uh, no, I I get what you're saying, Scott. You're excited to try it out, right? This will be my last podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, but mentally I can't take it. Are anymore. you immediately going to buy it? Like I'm immediately going to buy it. Okay. Yeah. Well, let it, let us know in future shows how that works for you. Yes. Okay. That sounds amazing. Yeah. It sounds. As you know, um, when you work from home or you're all constantly working, you can wake up in like four or five hours and be completely up and ready to go. And then you go and you sleep that extra couple hours, and that's what throws you off, and you just continue. You're, you're ruined. Yeah yeah. 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 So I, I I do this like at least once a week. Okay, good. Well, this that maybe if maybe Scott this is gives a product it a, for you, yeah, yes. that could be a good Christmas present, Scott. Yeah, i.e. to Jason. Yes. Okay, <laughs> from the podcast. I just forced no from you. Scott. Oh, from me. We're not putting any money That's into fine. this. Well, he probably will get me sick after this. Yeah. And so then he will owe me one of these for Christmas <laughs> for sure. There's we no getting out of it. We trade my clothes halfway through. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. All right, uh, Jason, have you had time to wrap your head around what this quick hits section means and what you would like to recommend? Um, I recently saw The Fighter last weekend, and uh, there was an art show afterwards. So it was a premiere for like 800 people and an art show afterwards with some great talent. And I recommend that movie. Nice. I uh, had a great time watching it. It has it had some amazing uh, parts in it that just... Uh, I don't know. It was just comedy wrapped in with like some seriousness, and it just like kind of touched base at home with a lot of uh, things that gone went on in the movie that were just very similar to my life. So because you want to be a boxer, yes, I actually really love boxing, right? And so does my father and and my brother. But uh, I'm not into like the UFC, MMA type stuff. I'm sure, just, I've never been a big fan. But old school traditional boxing, I'm uh, not so much. I, I don't keep up with it anymore, but. I'm, I'm, I'm actually <laughs> You're in the presence of the rhino, <laughs> <laughs> which the, the rhino for those that aren't in the know, which is basically everybody besides us three, uh, <laughs> the rhino is Scott's MMA fighter name when he does decide to go into the cage <laughs> at some point in the never future. Well, it'll happen. Okay. And, and for those of people that don't know Jason, like his physical presence, like Jason's about 6'5", 240, so I can see why you'd be into boxing. <laughs> and, and by 6'5", 240, I mean he's about 5'10", and 110 pounds wet. <laughs> right? Is that... Is that... 110 pounds wet. <laughs> oh, because the water adds more weight. <laughs> Yes. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> oh okay. <laughs> well, cool. I, I think all of us want to see that movie. I'm very as well. buff. You are. This is what you're really getting at. Pretty much. Aiming at. Yeah. So, yeah. Good I'm, movie. Great movie. Cool. Great. I think all of us want to see it. So, yeah. Look, right. yes. My quick hit is Decibel Magazine. For those of you that are interested in any way, shape, or form with heavy music, it's pretty much the only music publication, in my opinion, that is worth anything. Their reviews are incredible. Their interviews are amazing. They have really, really unique content as far as like 
it's extremely funny. Um, they do like, you know, hometown tours of bands that aren't just like, hey, name your favorite record store. It's like, it's very compelling content. And I'll this year, does that. I know. That's why I mentioned the fact that they don't just ask them where their favorite pizza place was. <laughs> more questions than that. <laughs> Sorry, I know Joey has a very large allegiance to alternative press. Um, but what alternative press doesn't do is offer free flexies. So that's, uh, for those of you that don't know what flexies are, basically it's like a 7-inch in a magazine, but it's like it's made out of this very lightweight plastic material that's still like a flexi. Really? And you could actually, Did you say it's flexible? It's flexible, yeah. Is this recent? Because I, yeah, I don't think, I, well, I haven't gotten a decibel, I don't think. You have to be a subscriber. Okay, you do. The Like if you buy it off a newsstand, it won't include a flexi. Are there good uh, record or good? It's exclusive, it's exclusive songs. For the first one I got was uh, two songs from Brutal Truth. And so basically the entire year for 2011, they're offering, yeah, Flexies every single magazine. Oh, interesting. A subscription idea. <clears throat> yeah. Hmm. Do you have any other subscriptions that are happening right now, Joey? There might be a subscription going on at 6131records.com. I can't confirm or deny that, but I've heard word on the street. I don't know. People should check it out. Yeah. <laughs> Tell your parents. So, um... So yeah, that's uh, that's my 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 quick hit, Decibel Magazine. Everyone should check it out. Cool. This week, we've done something different with the music section. I must admit, um, we actually each one of us, Joey, Scott, and I, selected a record to review for each of us. It um, worked out really well. It it was a very uh, for those of you that have actually listened to the previous episodes, you may think like, oh, they're covering like you know hardcore independent music. Um, now we've kind of thrown that blueprint out the window <laughs> and this week we are reviewing the most three random records that the only thing they have in common is the fact that they were recorded and they, they have they have musical notes <laughs> in that um so we appreciate jason being a good sport and rolling with the punches and uh reviewing records that you probably normally would never ever even listen to in the first place that's a good thing yeah it is it exposes you a little um so yeah, the first record, we'll, we'll just go alphabetical order. So uh, the first record is the new Agaloc called Marrow of the Spirit. was uh, my own personal choice because I was interested to see what everybody thought of it. And uh, this band's from Portland, Oregon, uh, kind of a doom, black metal. Uh, there's, there's other variations of different genres, but uh, yeah, they're, they're, they hang out in the woods and are very thoughtful about their music. <laughs> um, and it's unique because most of the bands of this genre don't really appear in the states it's usually over in europe where it's obviously much darker yeah, i was unaware they were from portland yeah and snow snow filled they like tragedy uh they might not know who tragedy is <laughs> but that changes everything. 
I know, yeah. I'm sure that'll change your review. Just a negative review already. Yeah. Uh, it's this band's they their first full length in over four years. Uh, this is a new release on Profound Lore. It's their first one, or their first release with Profound Lore. And um, I am very excited to hear all of your opinions on this. So, Scott, please tell me what you thought about Agalock, because there is some indie hipster vibe in here. So uh, There is. So what did you think of this record? Um it was okay. It's not really my thing. Um, I, Can we just I, record that? So for every record review, I think um, yeah, it's okay. It wasn't really my thing. Sorry, but at least he's positive about it. He's, he's definitely, definitely quitting after this. Yeah, so <laughs> tired, just tired. Started yeah, showing tired. Right? Yeah, I'm not here to make friends. <laughs> That's like reality TV. Yeah. That is reality TV right there. Um, I liked it was the word I would describe it as blistering. Okay. Um, which was great, but it and it was intense and all that. But it after a while, it was too much and uh, overwhelming. Even with all like the because uh, I mean there was I do see the blistering. I mean the second track starts right in where basically it lets you know exactly yeah. what's happening. But and then the interlude stuff. I don't know. Yeah, it was just up and down the whole time. And, okay. To me. Fair enough. Yeah. All right. So not you can appreciate it, but it's not something you ever would buy. Yeah, I'd never buy it. I I wouldn't turn it off. But yeah, yeah, you'd probably download it for free. <laughs> maybe maybe. I, if I did that, I would. You can't. <laughs> All right, good to know. Good to know. Uh, Joey, what did you think of this record? I I liked it. it I didn't love it. Um, I I mean, I could see you liking elements of it. I like it. there were parts that I like a lot. I think my biggest pet peeve or whatever. Yeah. What I, what I didn't like about it was. Some of the songs were just a little too long. What a seventeen-minute song yeah, is yeah, too I long. Just can't deal with that. I know, I know. But um, aside from that, I actually really liked it. Cool. I would be interested in listening to more and uh, seeing what else the band has done. Yeah, they have a previous. Uh, they came out. They they always do like a full length and then a stopgap EP. Like you know, they the last full length came out in I think two thousand seven. It was called two thousand six, right? 2006 called Ashes Against the Grain, and that record is definitely has a lot of the, you know, sort of ISIS-like elements, but, you know, played within the genre that they do. Uh, but that record is also a great starting point. Like, I think people that weren't familiar with this band and started with this record, or the last record, they would be, they'd be into it. Because when you first gave us this record, you are like, that's eh, kind of like a ISIS-y, like ISIS black metal band. Right. That's pretty much exactly what I got from it. Okay. Uh, but yeah, no, I really liked it. Cool. Um, except for the length of the songs. And that, I mean, I think anybody that's going to check out this record has to be, like, you You can't just be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to pop this in, like, and listen to it for, for like, ten minutes. It's like, you... Oh, cool, I got through the intro. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so. All right, cool. Jason, did you, uh, what did you think of the record? Um, I didn't get the ISIS feel out of it, because I'm a big ISIS fan, so, uh... Well, then you're just wrong, I'm sorry. Turns my god. Um... Being that I play drums, I was extremely annoyed that the drummer could not keep up to par with the singer and guitar player. I felt those dudes should just make another band or bounce wow. the drummer. And it's funny because this drummer that he he was brought in specifically for this record. Wow. Because um, it's basically Aglock is is two guys that are like the main brainchilds and or children, mm -hmm. and they bring other people in to help. And so the drummer was just brought in as the, he plays for this other band called Ludacra. That's mm -hmm. talented. Ludacris is a rapper, right? Ra <laughs> Ludacris is a rapper. I think you're wrong. What? 
I don't think that guy's in Ludacris. Oh no, you're right. He's not in Ludacris. He's in Ludacra. <laughs> Ludacris. <laughs> Anyways, but yeah, so they, they they brought him in because he's a talented drummer. But I I can see what you're saying. I just felt like he was always a step, a half step, you know, from the guys. The other guys just a half step back and um, just never could keep up or something with his drumming. And um, so are you? Um... Are you putting your hat in? You're interested in playing? <laughs> you want to give out your well, email address? They play, they play like maybe two shows a year, if that. Uh, they never, they hardly ever probably, play. That's probably good. It probably benefits them because nowadays <laughs> it seems like the less you play, the better off you are. You sure, know? it's true. Because you, you just keep playing, 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 especially same places and so forth in yeah. the States and whatever. And just, I don't know, it seems like... You don't need to do that. It's, it's timing. Taking only places, places in Japan. Japan. <laughs> yeah, only places. There's Japan. there's nothing wrong with playing in Japan, Joey. <laughs> Not at all. Exclusively. Yeah. So I I just felt like um, there's a lot of potential. I felt like it needed to be a little bit polished, even though I'm kind of the guy that is really anti-polished music. <laughs> okay. I felt like it just needed to be a little produced, and it was very. Um, like Scott said, jumpy. It just really changed too much to me to where it just uh, it kind of racked my nerves a little sure, bit. Sure, you know? sure. No, I get it. And especially, I mean, I, I like the fact that you you laid it out that you're a drummer because that's, I mean, if you play an instrument, like no matter what record you listen to, that's the first thing you're going to care yeah, about. Yeah, you're totally, you're like totally. the judge. <laughs> yeah, you're like. For almost anything you listen to. Yeah, that makes sense though. Well, cool. I, because I chose the record, I absolutely adore this thing. This is quite possibly one of my favorite records of the year. It's definitely going to be in my top three. Um, spoiler alert for next week. Definitely spoiler <laughs> alert. Um, but yeah, this record, it just, I was, I mean, already being a fan of the band and seeing what they've done and really enjoying pretty much everything they've put out, uh, my expectations were extremely high for it and they were met. Um, I mean, this record like everybody was saying it's not an easy listen but i mean it's a journey like when you are done with it it's like holy fuck like where did i go like i went so many different places mm -hmm. the way they're able to weave everything together it's like how i mean where do you even begin writing a 17 minute song like i mean of course you could have right <laughs> with a riff for a second yeah lots of band practice <laughs> but i mean the idea of like actually being able to like put that together and then also the fact that they had to edit that like they probably started with like a 30 minute song and had to edit that down to like 17 minutes. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, of course the argument can be like, you could probably edit those 17 minutes down to five minutes, but did you compare them to no effects of the decline? <laughs> Considering the fact that one of their songs is great. Is almost great as long as that. <laughs> I could see this record growing on me. I, yeah. I forgot to mention that. So, you know, if, yeah. if you had it like mid volume that we normally listen to in your car, yeah. And then it just kind of started pumping it up gradually as you listen to it more and more. Yeah. Yeah, but I definitely, I just, this, yeah, the record blew me away. I, I love it so much. And it, a lot of critics are loving it as well. Decibel gave it its number one record of the year. I know NPR named it as one of their top uh, 50 records of the year. So oh. there, yeah, a lot of people are really, really getting behind this band that, you know, no, there's no reason to know them. Could Decibel not find a live Baroness recording to give us number one <laughs> No, they couldn't. Um, so yeah, that's what would you give number wise, Scott? Six, six, Joey. Seven, five. 
Okay, ten. <laughs> pretty, pretty simple for me. Weird. Yeah. All right. Cool. So yeah, if you're if if you are interested in that at all, you can uh, definitely just check it out at uh, profoundlore.com. And the next record is a record that I know is going to be extremely <laughs> interesting and divisive. Um, it's Hashuka. Haushuka. It's H-A-U-S-C-H-K-A. The record's called Foreign Landscapes. Uh, it was released on Fat Cat Records, which most people would know as uh, the label that has released Sagiros Records. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, so, and they're a very experimental uh, label, so they work with a lot of different type of music, and obviously this is one of them. And I'll let Scott take it away, because since he he was the one who decided to review this record, um, do you want to give a little background as far as uh, where this gentleman is from, or even just saying, hey, he's a piano player? Yeah, he's a German composer from Dusseldorf. Um, his whole shtick is that he doesn't use a piano in a traditional way, and instead he uses like found objects in conjunction with his piano, and he turns his piano into a percussive instrument. Um, there's some really cool performance of him, performances of him online. Yeah, I agree. <clears throat> Scott um, sent us a video, and I watched it, and it was pretty cool watching him use like marbles and basically stuff you find off the floor and putting it on the strings of a piano yeah. and making it into music that you wouldn't think that would come out of piano. We took like clothespins and he clothespinned the strings together. Yeah. And then he would just, so they, they weren't very audible, mm -hmm. but you could still like hear it if you hit it hard enough. Oh. Really cool. Yeah. Really like just different. Definitely off the wall stuff. Yeah. So, and clearly this is, the, our show has now turned into NPR all songs considered. <laughs> all songs considered. Welcome <laughs> over for <laughs> Yes. This this is what you listen to when you're retiring, basically. Which Scott is nearing. How old are you, Scott? He's 25. 25 in the body of a 50-year-old. So yeah, most people can already make up their minds based off of that fact. Like, they would even need to listen to the record <laughs> in order to see whether or not they would enjoy it. But... Open your minds, people. Yes. And that's exactly what we did. That's exactly what we did. So um, I, because there was a little feud between Scott and Joey as far as the record. Yeah, how did this record get on our... Can we do a little backstory? Yeah, yeah. we can. <laughs> the, basically, I, I, I selected a record and then said... Well, it. no. Well, the, the reason that we are all selecting our record is because Scott was complaining. <laughs> Correct. That I don't like any of these records. <laughs> so then Ray gracefully came up with this idea. Yeah. And it's, it's a great, great idea. idea. Which is brilliant. It's it is a good idea. I think it's great. Scott. But then the, <laughs> Scott decided to throw in the opening grenade and say, "Hey, would you guys like to review a piano-based German composer record?" Because clearly that's our our fan base who's listening. That's what I like. I know. So uh, that's that's how this record ended up on it. And so um, I'm very interested in hearing uh, Joey's uh, opinion of this. <clears throat> so what 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 do you think of the record, Joey? As good as good or better than the new Alkaline Trio? <laughs> Look. <laughs> There's no way you can listen to him and be like, this sucks. Clearly, mm -hmm. he's very talented. Am I right, Scott? Oh, yeah. Okay. That being said, <laughs> never in my right mind would ever listen to right. this. <laughs> I can see why someone who's 40, 45 would want to. If they're like, you know, reading the newspaper during the Daily Crossword Puzzle just on the background. <laughs> but it's just boring. Yeah. But again, he's very talented, and there is an audience for him out there, obviously. 
So, whatever. Great driving music for you. Oh yeah. If, if I'm looking to crash my car by falling asleep, this is what I'm gonna put on. So maybe maybe Fat Cat can use that in their next marketing sticker. <laughs> Car- music to crash cars to. Yes, <laughs> that'd be amazing. <laughs> Okay, and clearly the record was chosen for you to not be something you would enjoy listening to. Oh yes, Scott did this on purpose, and I appreciate it. And in return, I did the same for him. Coming up, (laughs) preview coming up. Um, Cool, Jason. Did you uh, did you find any enjoyment out of the German Uh, composer? I am a big Sigurus fan, Mm -hmm. and uh, I love like Brian Eno and. I love all this like mellow stuff and that I think that just kinda comes with age. You just can't always just listen to that in your face type stuff. Or young so, age. I'm I'm actually <laughs> I'm glad we're talking about age because um we all all four of us have been around for a while and we've you know, we're a, l- a little bit older, so at the end of the day you just sometimes I, I mean I mean for myself, you just need some little bit of like wind down music and yeah, of course I probably sometimes don't drive and listen to music like this. It's more like just end of the day, like maybe some background music, but good, good love making music. Yes, love making because I'm making love all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Any chance I can get? Good, good, good. <laughs> if I'm not selling t-shirts, I'm making love. Uh, wow, that could be the next. That could be the next to die for shirt. Amazing. <laughs> yes. I love it. I love it. So yeah, I'm, I was actually super excited to listen to this when. Um, I first put it on you. I was driving with my brother, and he was like, "What is this?" This, and he loves cigarettes too. So it's like um, I don't think he appreciates them as much as I do. But uh, we have gone and seen them in in, um, in concert, and they're amazing. So yeah, it's definitely a couples music. And um, you know, if you're at home with the wife or something, and you listen to this music while you're cooking, and then you have a nice. Peaceful dinner. Well, candle. Maybe, yeah, candlelight. candlelight. <laughs> Got it. So it was cool. This is the epitome of background music. <laughs> yeah. That's. Did Nicole listen to it? No, she would have hated it. Okay. Yeah, you, I would assume so. I'm, I'm, it's, it's not doom. I'm actually surprised that Jason was courageous enough to be like, hey, I'm going to play this in front of my brother, like, without giving him any context whatsoever. Check out this new record I picked up. Because <laughs> I wouldn't. Aww. I never, if Kate, if my wife and I were driving around in a car, I never would just like put this on and have her like just not even tell her about it. Like, oh, I'm listening to this because Scott wants me to review it. Yeah. What did you think of the record, Scott? Like, he, I, I loved it. You, yeah. you were you were a fan of his com- compositions prior to this? Yeah. Okay. Like, so is this the first record you checked out of his that you? Were no, okay. his other record. Um, I, yeah, I have one other full length record from Room him. Two Hispanic, not 2007. Came out to critical praise. Did you buy that on double LP, Joey? Triple. <laughs> For the first song. <laughs> um, yeah. How, how would you compare it to his previous work? Like, is it more the same stuff? Um, this is less crazy than okay. his other record. Oh, I think he has a million records. Probably. Um, Seven. Holy. Yeah. That's what you do when you're... This, yeah, this is definitely his big breakout hit. Is it? I mean, is it... Can't you tell? Didn't see an ad for it in a, a new uh, really? Okay. I told you about this, Scott. Oh, not an ad. Oh, okay. Oh, sure, sure. The, the oh. weekly. The art was really cool, too. Did you look at the art? No, I didn't. Yeah, yeah I should have. Yeah, I'm the cover so art. I'm a big cool. fan of the, of the artwork. Yeah. 
of any album. Is this, is this going to penetrate your top ten? Good use of penetrate. <laughs> <laughs> um, it might. We'll have to wait and see. I'm not going to tip my hat. Oh, my gosh. You tip your hat about everything, everything else. <laughs> With all of our movies that we review, Scott, immediately outside the movie theater. What you guys think? I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, the record, Scott, enjoyed very much. I, uh, I, I mean, I, I, I'm in the same camp as Joey. Like, I didn't like this, um, even though I'm more apt to, like, like super weird shit. Um, I, the, the one thing that I did like listening to this record was when I was, oddly enough, playing Call of Duty. Or what, playing the video game and listening to this music in the background. Um, I don't know. It was like, it was... Well, it's like yin and yang. You're yeah. killing people. <laughs> it was calming as I was yeah. stabbing people or shooting them with explosive crossbows. Um... So that was that was the first time where I actually listened to the record, and I like fully got like got where I was coming from. I enjoyed it, and um, it was it, that was the proper place for me to listen to it too, um, because all the other places like either while I was working or driving or whatever was like, oh god, I can't like mm-hmm. I can't even make it through a song and a half of this. Um, so yeah, that's where it found the spot in my uh, collection, so to speak. But uh, I, I doubt I would revisit it personally. Um, but I can respect what he's obviously trying to do and what he's trying to get across as a very creative individual. So, yeah, for those that are willing to step out on a limb and Ooh. check it out. Pitchport gave it a 5.5. Oh, the indie Bible. Never mind. That actually we can't we can't give it even a remotely good review. So it's terrible. <laughs> if Pitchport doesn't like it, we don't like it. <laughs> uh, so number-wise, what would you say, Scott? Uh, eight. Joey? Four. Fair enough. Yeah. Jason? Seven. Okay. I'd, I'd be in the four ballpark, too. Maybe verging on a three. I was being generous. I was only saying a four because I don't really feel like I can really give this a... Yeah. I mean, if it was me personally, I'd probably give it a one. Right. But since he is talented, I'll give it a four. Right, exactly. Like, you see why he's doing what he's doing. No, but I, 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 see, why, <laughs> I see why people would like what he's that, doing. Ex- that's what I, yeah, that's what I meant to say. All right, cool. So yeah, if you're willing to step out on a limb and check out some weird shit, that's what you need to do. Give me a ring. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, The next record we will be reviewing is Joey's Retaliation to uh, the Hashuka record, which is could not be more opposite on the musical spectrum. The new My Chemical Romance called Danger Days: The True Lives of the Fabulous Killjoys. More than a mouthful. Um, this is their fourth. fourth full length. This is exactly why Joey's here. <clears throat> um, fourth full length, and I mean, if you haven't heard of this, at least heard of the band, you know, you definitely haven't been paying attention to <coughs> music in general. Um, from the New Jersey-ish, New Yorkish area, um, they started off as a very you know, independent punk rock-ish band with influences from Ink and Dagger. I would say the first full length. Yeah, um, and then now they have taken over the world, and they used found these guys right and brought them on tour. That's what I. That's what um, some some that's close prob- friends were th- telling me. That's probably where like when they broke out the first time. Yeah, I mean, the first time I saw them was with Suicide Final American Nightmare, right? Which is the weirdest. Oh, they toured the three of them toured together. 
Yeah, and they definitely. I mean, yeah, I saw. I think I saw them with Thursday. I mean, they 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 grew they, up. They definitely it. have put in the work. Yeah. Okay. They're not. They're yeah. That's cool. Like you said, they're not definitely just like the this random <clears throat> band that just came out of nowhere. It's like they actually have a, a, a credible history. Um. So yeah, my chemical romance, Joey. Please tell me what you thought about this record. Um. Are you? I mean, do you like I, them? Yes. Okay. The first record I think is okay. The second record I love. The third, the last record, the Black Parade I love. Okay. This one I did not love, but there are elements of it that I really like. Um, it's really long. It's fifteen songs, and it's got like the whole radio thing, kind of like the Queens of the Stone Age record. Well, yeah, where you just want to edit it all yeah. out. So, I feel like if they cut that stuff out, cut like two or three songs off, it'd be a really solid just rock record. Yeah. Um, it doesn't have. It's not as catchy, <clears throat> memorable as the Black Parade. Um, but that being said, there were songs that really stood out to me that I did really like, and um, I don't think it's a terrible record. Okay. Uh, it's. I think what they do, they do it well. I think the the whole like theatrical side of it. Yeah. What would you say? Because I after listening to this record, I had a really tough time like trying to come up with. I mean, because they they've they've kind of created their own niche within the music world. Like I don't know what to compare them to. I always think of them as just like a punk rock version of Queen. And that, I mean, they don't sound like a punk band. They don't sound like Queen, but right, that makes sense. Was, I mean, I think it kind of strayed away from it a, a little on this record. But the last record was to me was just yeah, like they loved Queen and, and they and I mean, and on that note, I mean, they have such expansive ideas. Like yeah. they, they're they're very creative fellows. Like the vocalist has his own comic book empire, and like he, you know, he's. They're they're he's they're very prolific as a band. They don't just stick to writing that, you know. Music. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing is after the Black Parade, which was such like a a queen, a queen, and just um, concept record. Yeah. They were like, okay, our next record is going to be bare bones, just a rock record. And I, from what I understand, I think they recorded that record and then scrapped it. Yeah. And then went back and did this record. You're correct. Which is definitely more of a concept record than. Like, I, mean, I thought this was even more like over the top than the black. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. I just want to yeah, make sure I wasn't here. crazy. Yeah. No, I you know, not where I would start with the band, but I think it fits well into to what they have. Okay. Out there, so I, I enjoyed it, and I will keep listening to it. Okay. Counterpoint, Scott Arnold. Unlistenable. Um, <laughs> biggest waste of an hour I've ever had. We already reviewed the Fairy Dropper. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Obviously, we don't need to. Hear I felt like a fourteen-year-old girl <laughs> in a Patagonia jacket. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, ironically, you look like a fourteen-year-old girl. Uh, All right. Well, then, uh, Jason, what were your opinions on this record? Oh man. Um, uh, okay. Let's put it this way. First time I listened to it, <clears throat> I was like, um, Josh and I, when we listen to music and, and it's horrible, we do this thing like Beavis and Butthead where we, I go, uh, Beavis? <laughs> and, and that means like it's questionable. Right. Okay. But these guys, the formula that they used on this record, if you listen to a record the second time and stuff is already stuck in your head from the first time, that is what they're going for and they nailed it. That's like, true. I, I was like, wow, blown away. That's exactly, the first time I listened to it, I was just like, this record sucks. Yeah. Like, the second half, it was definitely picked up, but then the second time I listened to it, I was just like, oh, I get it. Yeah. And so, I felt every song on there was a single, and um, 
it was like all the members said to each other, go pick five top bands that you're listening to right now that you love and let's try to write music that's similar to those because it's very jumpy and it goes all over the place in music styles. Yeah. But um, I got like T-Rex out of there. Oh, I got okay. uh, Cheap Trick. Okay. I got, um, gosh, what else did I put here? Um, I got The Hives oh, okay. in one song and then I got A Poison Fill out sure. of another song. I so right there. All of them. I know. Yeah. That's... So... It's like weird because all all those bands I happen to like. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like yeah, I I just feel like I can't I can't hate it. It's like that love to hate record, but you just right. you just it, there's you know. Yeah. So I felt like it was done in a in a good way, and I just uh, I hope that other people can see that. But I know that their crowd is very young and probably doesn't know any of those bands that I just listed. They've heard of them. Maybe. maybe. my mom listened to Poison. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, they only heard maybe Poison because Brett Michaels all over the TV. Right. But they probably don't even know Brett sings for Poison. Yeah, that's true. You know? Yeah. So. Cool. Well, my... Uh, th- I hated this record. <laughs> I, I, I hated it. Like, I, I mean, I've been... I'd say a casual fan. Like, I de- you know, I own the records, but I definitely... I never have been inspired to listen to this. Um, and it's funny because the only the only song I liked on this record is a song that I know Joey hates. That song "Sing." It totally grew on me. That song was amazing. It, and it, it, first time I heard it was "Standalone," and I heard it within the record. And yeah, it the, totally grew on The me. first time I heard that song was uh, on a commercial break for college basketball because they play a lot of you know the new music in there. Uh, okay. um, and so I just I heard that there and I was like, is that the new My Chemical Romance? And I was like, oh, that is. <coughs> is this the single for the record? The first single? Yes. Sing is, yeah. Okay. And I think it's track four or something yeah. like that. Um, so that was the first, that was maybe just because I'd heard the song prior to the record. That was the only one I was like, oh, okay, this is cool. Um, but yeah, I just, I didn't care for the record. I mean, I admired, I admired their expansive ideas and like, I, there's no way that I could say that, that like if someone was like, dude, my chemical romance sucks. It's like, no, they don't. They don't suck. Mm-hmm. Scott. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry guys. Wasn't listening. I'm guessing. Yeah. I was. Yeah. No, he's, he's, he's busy checking his email. There are tons of, uh, bus stop ads yeah, all yeah. over on LA. That's with true. This record. I am. I mean, they, they just, just, I mean, this, their last record came out 2006, yeah. I think, so it's been a while. It's been a long time, and for it to still, you know, like we were saying before we started recording, I mean, did over 100,000 first week, like, that's, that's impressive. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there are legitimately large rock bands, so, but yeah, I, I could care less about this record. It was definitely hmm. disposable, and I'll never listen to it again, so. <laughs> so, Scott, you and I agree on something. Did anyone get with the inserts, um, the Warriors? I got that Warriors feel. Did you guys seen the movie The Warriors? The right? inserts? You mean oh, like, like the the, the what, radio plugs, like that they're doing? The, in yeah, the yeah, 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 yeah. What do you, what do you call those? I forget. Segways. Yeah. I, inter, I mean, they're not like interludes, but, but no, no, I definitely got, got the the, the Warriors feel. feel. Okay, just yeah. the way he talks, and I, I just I hated it, and then I yeah. sort of was like. Eh. Yeah, Not too bad. <laughs> I, I wish they weren't there, but I totally hear the Warriors. Yeah. Mm. So Scott, I presume it's a negative four. Negative three. Yeah, it's, it's one through ten, Scott. Oh, zero. Zero. That's okay. One through ten. <laughs> one. Joey. Seven. Scott or Scott again? One. One. Okay. Just want to make sure you're still on one. <laughs> Jason. <laughs> I give it an eight. Okay. 
I would give it a, a, a two. Yes. So. Wow. Scott and I definitely agree on something. <laughs> Scott, we, we're, we're meant for each other, okay? I think so. All right, next up, we will be reviewing the Have Heart DVD slash CD. Uh, yeah, it's called 1017, which is the date of the last show that Have Heart played as a band, and they broke up last year. Uh, they played their last show in Boston, and this was a live DVD slash CD of this show. Um, yeah, Bridge Nine put it out. and uh, no, no thanks, Bridge Nine. I know. No, per the last episode, we can't thank any labels anymore because we are journalists Thank you. Is that is that right, Scott? That. Okay. <clears throat> I don't even have so, anything to say to that. So Stephanie, we really don't appreciate you sending us this DVD update, <laughs> no matter what. Anyways, so uh, you're welcome, Stephanie. This <laughs> this band was definitely very popular within the hardcore genre. Um, many people said that they kind of took the torch from uh, from Bane, so to speak, as far as uh, heavily touring and all that type of stuff. So. And Bane was from Boston as well. Correct. So exactly. So it, it made sense. You know, where Bane kind of slowed their touring schedule down, Half Heart was starting, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, yeah, I'm very interested to hear what everyone's opinion is. And, uh, Jason, I'm going to start off with you. What did you think of this uh, DVD? I've only known about this band's name, but never listened to them. Okay. Okay. And so I'm really excited that I got... To- the chance to see the DVD because now I want to go back and and listen to all their records. Oh, cool. Um, I am not a big fan of live listening to live music or even watching it. I'd mm-hmm. rather just be there. And if I'm not there, I probably just went, went and watch it. Yeah, you'd, um, rather, you'd rather just mosh. Yeah, I'd rather right. just mosh. Okay. But, man, I was just blown away. The 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 film, uh, the filming, the just how well it was done and the the people just going wild like i was super ex- excited this was this was great i was just really um stoked to see someone um or a band like this just just play to the this many kids and then when they said it was a benefit and what it was going to i was just even more stoked so that just put me over the top i was just super, you're like i'm in yes yeah. yes very very blown away and then um I'm a big fan of most music that comes out of Boston. Yeah, you know? um, Caven is my my favorite band of all time. And, do you like um, the band Boston? <laughs> yes, I actually do. I actually do. Okay. I love Boston. Just wanted to clarify. That's good. Um, so, yeah, I was I was super excited. That's cool. cool. Yeah, I was interested in hearing your opinion just because you know I knew that you probably weren't like intimately familiar with the band. So that's yeah. cool. That's that's good to have that opinion. Pumped up just to see that many people fired up on a band and just go wild and yeah. just have a good time. It was over. It supposedly, it was over twelve hundred people that showed up to that show. Uh, according to Wikipedia, um, it's between fifteen hundred and two thousand. That's great because I mean, it, it, obviously, it was sold out and people were turned away at the door too. Yeah, yeah, which is nuts. I mean, and it looked like just a small stage, kind of uh, like a legion hall yeah. or something. About a month before that was the Great American Hardcore Fest, and I was out there for it. And it's a really big room, mm-hmm. but that stage was kind of like tucked away. Oh, it was yeah. a, it's a weird setup. Uh-huh. So 
Yeah, it looks small, but it's a, it's pretty big. But I mean, yeah, obviously, if you're fitting twelve hundred people in there, you're doing fifteen hundred to two thousand. Let's try again, right? <laughs> twelve hundred. Well, there was so many people on the stage yeah. that it was just ridiculous. <laughs> you could have had like to a, move as it went on. It just got tighter <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like every show. Yeah, you could have had a show within the show on the stage. Yes. There was like three hundred people on the stage. <laughs> yes. So yeah. Um, now, Joey. Hi Ray. Your 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 opinion of this, knowing that you're a, a large half heart fan, what did you think of this DVD? I loved it. Great. Here we go. Um, no, I I really liked it. I think it was kind of the perfect way to, I guess, say goodbye to half heart and mm-hmm. show what half heart really meant to everyone. Um, I think years and you know, there's always there's hardcore bands always that are always around that are always popular, but mm-hmm. there's only a few like years from now that'll be talked about. Sure. And I think Half Heart's one of those bands. I, I think they they really changed a lot about hardcore for everyone. Mm-hmm. I mean, definitely, I think maybe even brought it to a bigger scale, considering their, their last record charted right. first week. That's true. Um, but I think they're they're an amazing band and deserve all the credit and you know everything that they they ever got. Yeah. So they de- I mean, they obviously worked their asses yeah. off and they toured relentlessly. And this, like, the show was definitely an. Uh, so many people came out because so many people got to see them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Scott, what are your negative thoughts on this record? Whoa. Whoa. Um, I echo Jason's sentiments almost exactly. Uh, I didn't know anything about the band. Um, I very briefly heard of them. Okay. I didn't know that it meant anything, but the um, the scale and sort of the scale that was presented on that last show was really impressive. And obviously they meant a lot to a lot of people. So, yeah. and cool. so it was cool for you to look yeah. in on that. And the, the quality of that DVD as a product in this world was really something different and something that stood out. Like it's very rare. You get a live DVD of a band at that size. Mm-hmm. That's that good. And it was even funny, like in the in the liner notes of the vinyl that I know that Joey and I got, um, the vocalist Pat describes like if you have problems, like you know, the, of course there's parts where like guitars are out of tune, like cameras get fogged up and all that type of stuff. But he was just saying this, you know, this is an imperfect document of this final show, and we just wanted to show you that. So it's fun. It's cool that you said that, regardless of all, it's like minor imperfections. It's still right. the quality level is still very high. Which is cool. So what what were you saying, Joey? That you were what doing? I was going to say is that I, a lot of people, or I think what's cool about Have Art is that they broke up when they did. I mean, they were pretty much at the top of their game. Yeah, ended on a high note. Instead of dragging it on and on and on, you know, they're just like, well, we've done what we need to do. Yeah. And you can never say anything bad about it. Like no. they, their catalog is. It's admirable. Is, yeah. Mm-hmm. How so, many records do they have now? They had two full lengths and then two. EPs. Are these guys in a new band? Uh, singers in like a band called Wolf Whistle, yeah. but it's just like a small Boston project. Mm-hmm. I think he's the only one doing a band right now. Okay. They've all kind of, I think a couple moved, one moved to New York, one moved to Richmond. Yeah. They're very talented. Yeah. I'm stoked. The, yeah. the drummer was in verse. Yeah. Oh, but okay. they also broke up, so. He should play drums in the band in Aglock. Yes, <laughs> I would. Maybe he could. That, that would be awesome. That yeah. would be the most random combo ever. And but. if I may be mistaken, so I apologize if I am, but I believe the drummer is the primary songwriter. Oh, oh for, cool. Was for both verse and half heart. Nice. But I could be wrong. So yeah, yeah. But. cool. 
I yeah, this DVD was awesome. Like nothing makes me happier than looking at these documents of what the, you know the scene that I've grown up in, and be. I love how you're able to take this and you can put this in front of anybody in like the quote unquote real world and they cannot deny the power, the enthusiasm, like the meaning that this music actually carries as opposed to just like, oh, you know, they write it off as just like a passing trend in what you do in your high school years. Um, So that's exactly what I want or where this will land in my own personal collection is just something I've watched once and it was amazing and I loved it. And I'm going to look at it every, you know, five to 10 years or show people like, you know, whatever, show my parents. Like I always remember in high school, I would do, um, you know, like projects and sometimes I'd be able to touch on like independent music and I would be able to pull in like video sources of shows, you know, like at showcase theater or whatever Mm -hmm. and showing people that have no context for what independent music is. And then showing them that they immediately are like, what's happened? Like, that's fucking cool. What's happening there? <laughs> and so it's like, I think this is like the definitive look in where it's just like, oh yeah, you don't think anybody cares about it? About 1,500 kids inside of a, you know, like Legion Hall. It's like, yeah, th- th- this is worth something. You know, this is something worth investing. Well, there was the cop that was on stage yeah. and uh, I think what shut the show down. I think they're just trying was- kids not to get so crazy. Yeah, yeah okay. And and that was cool because he was he was like once the singer kind of you know settled everything yeah. and just they kind of went about their business and just you know what he said was awesome just got across to everybody like hey look yeah obviously we're here for a good reason you know? right oh my so. god Ray. yeah and sorry for those of you listening to this specific part we're not editing it out even though Scott's uh, grumbling in the background the dogs we've got four dogs with us today and they're a very special part Amazing of our lives dogs. thank you sorry so, you hate dogs scott we're not editing any of this out scott thank you um we're so yeah to keep it professional but because we're journalists right we are we're journalists well our dogs are extensions of ourselves so they're also journalists as well yes they're going to review dog biscuits next episode <laughs> but yeah this every I cannot recommend the CBD higher. Basically, everybody should pick it up. There's no reason that you shouldn't, even if you're even just like remotely interested in independent music. Even if you hate Half Heart musically, there's no way you can watch this and be like, "That sucked." Yes. Right? Agreed. You you will be uh, you will be moved in some way, shape, or form, or just like, "Wow, that was amazing." It's it's rare for me to watch. I think like Jason was saying, like a like a live DVD and be able to sit through the whole thing. Yeah. Because, I mean, for, especially for hardcore, I mean, it was, like, almost an hour long. Yeah, easily. Like, yeah. That's a long set. It is. So, yeah, it was... Yeah. Yeah, it was great. Gold star recommendation from everybody all around. We don't even need to give numbers because we all really, really enjoyed it. Yeah. Seven. I guess <laughs> we're all getting numbers. No, no, no. Don't. Scott will be the only one. <laughs> I had the craziest dream last night about a girl who was turned into a swan. But her prince falls for the wrong girl, Lynn. She kills herself. He promised to feature me more this season. Well, he should. You've been there long enough. And you're the most dedicated dancer in the company. Our new swan queen, the exquisite Nina Sayers. I'm Lily. You're gonna be amazing. I watch the way she moves. Sensual. She's not faking it. Seduces! Attack it! Attack it! Come on! Where'd you get these? It's nothing. You sweet girl. 
Feel my touch. Respond to it. Someone's hot for teacher. I don't want to talk about that. You really need to relax. It's the role, isn't it? It's all this pressure. I knew it'd be too much. I knew it. What's she doing here? He made me your alternate. The only person standing in your way is you. Next up, we will be reviewing the brand new movie Black Swan, directed by Darren Aronofsky. Aronofsky, yeah. Yeah, whatever. Close. Uh, starring Natalie Portman, Mila Kunis, and Vincent Castle. Um, yeah, and uh, is, is Vincent Castle the dance teacher? Yes. Okay. Sure. He was. For I don't people, think he's a dance teacher. <laughs> he runs the company. You know, sorry. But uh, for people who don't know who he is, he was in the Ocean's movies as. A jewel thief, I believe. Yeah. Um, he's been in some other stuff. But uh, side note, Jason did not see this movie, so he is going to decide whether or not he wants to see this movie based on our reviews. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Surprise. Because he, as, because <laughs> as of right now, he's got no opinion. That's not true, but <laughs> I have I have two things to say about it, but um, I will wait till the end. Okay. Cool. <laughs> uh, Ray saw this movie the the night before we recorded this. Scott and I saw it about an hour before we recorded this. So, it's all fresh in our minds. And we will start it off with Ray. Uh, This film was one of the most intense pieces of cinema that I have ever experienced. Like, I've honestly just... I was tense the entire movie. I was... uh, It just... I mean, honestly, like, I was trying to describe it to somebody uh, last night that I saw the movie with. Um, and like words did not do it justice. Like I could not describe the feeling that I got from it besides like just, you know, feeling uncomfortable, feeling disturbed, um, feeling moved, like in every emotional aspect, this movie affected me like deeply. Like I was literally shaking after I finished the movie. Um, and I had an hour long drive home by myself in Los Angeles and it was just like, yeah, I mean, fortunately, I had that time because it's yeah, it's just a very intense piece of film, um, and it mimicked for me the same feeling I got after watching *Requiem for a Dream*, where it was just such a visceral look at, you know, *Requiem for a Dream* was obviously drug abuse. Um, this movie was, in my opinion, what happens when a person commits themselves so wholly to trying to succeed at something. Um, and I think anybody that is into any sort of creative art form can relate to it on some level. Um, but as obviously a blueprint of to not what not to do when you're committing yourself to art. Um, so yeah, I was, I don't know if I enjoyed the movie per se. Like, I mean, I liked, the movie made me feel alive, (laughs) but, um, whether or not that is a, feeling that i i guess i like to get out of movies in that sense it wasn't like the feeling of like you know whatever after like rudy or something very <laughs> sentimental you come out all psyched like right yeah. like i am ready to take over the world it was yeah. definitely like a oh my god just like oh like i said i was you know shaking after the movie so and as a side note there's it's i can't even believe how much uh physicality between females and sexual energy that's in the movie it's uh it's quite a sight to see (laughs) (laughs) wow yeah well from his uh other movies this is just like um the pretty typical thing that he's doing but i think that out of all the other movies that i have seen of his it does the same it has the same justice and it gives the same feeling like you're not 
you, you wouldn't you're not surprised by like what he accomplishes in this movie as yeah. far as like what he's done. Yeah. Yeah. So Mr. Arnold? Um yeah. Yeah, it was a movie. Uh before we wa- before he gets into it, we will immediately walk out of the theater and Scott looks at me and goes, "I don't know about that." <laughs> so Scott, what did you think of it? Um I I agree with Ray in that it was a accurate portrayal of mental illness into someone trying to execute something like flawlessly that that thing has consumed their mind. Um, and in that regard, I mean, it was, it was really scary and you really felt like you were in that person's head. Um, I didn't enjoy that. That was really, um, I don't know. Well, it's, I mean, no matter, it's an emotional movie. Yeah. You do not, you do not watch this movie. Like, I honestly don't think anybody can sit there and watch this movie and not be affected by it. Like, deeply. Deeply. Like, on your most basic level. Like. Yeah, very uncomfortable. Sure. Or a a range of emotions, I would say. Yeah. What about you, Joey? Oh, that's it. Okay. Uh, I don't know if I could speak any more high about this movie. This movie was incredible i loved it everything about it i could definitely watch it again i love darren aronofsky (laughs) (laughs) i have the worst time with his last name so i apologize um i've liked every one of his movies uh wrecking for a dream being my favorite of his and i feel like this is the closest like stylistically to that like i think that the wrestler had a little more hope in it the wrestler to me was like because, I mean, the, I guess, like, the little background trivia, like, s- stupid side note was the fact that um, Marissa Tomei's character in The Wrestler, she was a stripper. Mm-hmm. And originally, Darren Aronofsky was writing that she was supposed to be a, a ballet dancer. Interesting. So, wow. originally, Full those, circle. like, the I, the movie was maybe going to be one movie, but not obviously go that deeply deep. into, huh. you know, the ballet. So. The, the movie, I mean, some people have been viewing the movies as like a companion piece towards one another, you know, where it's like you have one person, you know, the character in The Wrestler that takes this journey and he ends, uh, you know, in, in obviously a weird position. And then obviously Natalie Portman's character in Black Swan ends in a very interesting position as well. But for me, like The Wrestler was like, I didn't, I just wasn't as like, uh, like at my core, I wasn't like as emotionally exactly. disturbed, you know? Well, it was, it was like I wasn't even. I really liked the wrestler. I wasn't as emotionally involved. Yeah. Um, and then the fountain, which I absolutely love, is just so weird that yeah. you can't really compare it to anything. Yeah. But this movie, it's just, it's incredibly dark. The cinematography is amazing. The the acting in it is is incredible. I yeah I. Everything about it. Yeah. I loved it. Yeah. Just don't just whatever you do, just don't watch this movie just expecting to have like your average movie experience it's gonna fuck you up it's yeah it's and people and it's funny because there was like in my theater i don't know if in your guys' theater like there are i guess you could say funny moments at the movie like humorous there was one point there i think people laughed yeah and it was like something funny did kind of remember what it was but the only part that i remember is like what mila kunis like she she makes i mean she's like the 
character that tries to like you know is the is, rival well and she's also like normal you know like she's a normal human in the way she interacts with everybody else whereas like natalie portman the way she communicates with everybody is like you know she can't she's, she's a, a constant look of fear she's stunted yeah. in uh, a human experience um but i just found it really funny that it's like you know people like there was at least like maybe 10 times in the movie that people were laughing but i think they were laughing because they needed to diffuse the tension. Like, and I don't know, it was just a really strange experience where it's just like, that was, that moment wasn't that funny. Mm -hmm. Like, why are all you people laughing? It's because the tension was so ratcheted up that it's like, you had to release it somehow. I feel kind of, it was kind of like when we went and saw 127 hours. Uh huh. Oh yeah. It was like we were seeing, you know, a Judd Apatow movie. (laughs) (laughs) Oh dude, you drink your own pee. You're crazy. Yeah. But not, yeah. So I, yeah, I'm still jury's out for me still whether or not it's like, I probably would be able to watch this movie once more, but like, that's probably it. Like, that's probably all I could take, like in a, in a home environment. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I would go see this again in the theaters. I definitely would. Yeah. You're just a stronger person than I, Joey. Well, that goes without saying, right? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I just, I just felt, yeah, like, I mean, I'm not even exaggerating when I was, like, I was just, like, shaking. Like, it was such a experience. I saw, I saw your tweet last night. Yeah. I think you were up for 24 hours a day. I was up for... Could it had something to do with that? Yeah, that could be. Yeah. I was also... You saw the tweet tired. also? Yeah, I did. Okay. I was yeah, you've been traveling a lot this week. So I was, right? I was. So, yeah, I mean, you I was... I, I, it could have been borderline delirium at that point, but at the same time, I just... One, one thing I thought about that was really cool was the, the score mm-hmm. that kind of itself... When you know they weren't dancing, kind of played out like it was a ballet. Yeah, I thought it was totally very cool. And the club scene in the middle was absolutely incredible. Yes, he's um, hands down probably my favorite director that's that's out there right now. He's able. Hmm. I think what he's able to do with his movies is he's able to take um, whatever emotion he's trying to convey um, and just or, or like he's able to take a metaphor and put it in the most literal of terms you know where yeah. it's just like okay here's what a artist experiences and he's able to take that entire experience and be able to encapsulate it into a movie and it's like that's fucking hard i never thought i would say this but i'm actually really excited to see the wolverine sequel yeah. because he's directing it and i really hope that he actually gets to make robocop <laughs> like he's been planning on yeah because yeah. i think he would it would be unbelievable. Yeah, it'd be really weird. So, Jason, with all that, would you? Uh, are you still interested in seeing the movie? Uh, I was already interested in seeing it just from the movie art alone. Oh, okay. The artwork was unreal. Yeah. Just really simple, but just clean. Just uh, I was just stoked. And then um, I saw um, David Letterman creeping out Natalie Portman on his show one night <laughs> and, um, I just, I just got these idiot shivers for her. Yeah. Cause, uh, she's not only just beautiful, but she just carries herself really well. Yeah. And I think she's very professional and she's done some amazing work. So I, 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 I was definitely going to see this and I definitely will see this now. Probably sooner than later. Just be prepared. You may be moved to tears. Okay. Well, I cried. I cried in Wrestler. That's Oh, that's good. So, Scott, what would you give this movie? Eight. Okay. Minus. Okay. Uh, I would say, I, I mean, I would give it, you know, a nine because it was such a experience. Joey, what do you give it? 
I right now we'll give it a nine. I think upon second viewing, I would probably bump it up to a ten. Jason, what is your potential grade? <laughs> right now, I'm sitting at a seven. <laughs> a potential seven. Yeah. Okay. Potential seven. This episode of First World Problems is brought to you by Pure Noise Records and their new split 7-inch from The Story So Far and Maker that's out on November 23rd. It's available on limited edition vinyl and at all digital outlets. They have some upcoming releases in the new year from Handguns and The American Scene. Visit purenoise.net for more information. My own personal pick is the Man Overboard Transit Split 7-inch on their second pressing and it's absolutely incredible. Check it out. Now we are to the interview portion of our show with our special guest, Mr. Jason Wilshire from To Die For Clothing. A um, little, little background info on Jason. Um, clothing company has been going since 1997. Um, to Die For Clothing is now, in my opinion, one of the premier uh, whatever, streetwear, graffiti wear, that type of stuff, uh, clothing company um, in the country. Um, definitely made a name for himself. And... We really appreciate you being here with us again, Jason. Thanks, Ray. Because a little background is that we recorded an episode with Jason, and um, it got lost because you couldn't hear anything. It's in the archives. <laughs> it's in the archives. as an unreleased B-side. B-sides. With absolutely no audio. If you whatsoever. like an hour of silence. Yeah. It's a really good Pick episode. Pick it up. Really good episode. Jason says some very compelling things in there. About like all the clothing companies he hates, and he names them by name. Yes, no. alphabetically. <laughs> so yes, we appreciate you doing this with us again, Jason. Um, so yeah, I, I think the, I mean, the first question that I know that uh, a lot of people have have asked you, or you know, continue to bring up to you, um, is the fact that, I mean, obviously, like, there are so many clothing companies out these days. Everybody says they have a clothing company. They print up two shirts and put it on a big cartel web store and say, okay. Or they give their shirts to their friends' bands, and then they sponsor them. Yes. <laughs> um, I mean, and all that stuff, uh, you know, obviously adds up to where it's like the quality level is completely just, just gone. Um, how are you able to navigate those waters and kind of still be able to retain a, a positive spin on all the, the work that you, you're putting into you know well we just um we just keep going and going with like what what we have done and what works best for us in the in the past and, and present but um you know you're correct there's a, there's a ton of brands and then there's a ton of bands and there's just you know as the, the the more children being born, the more things that are just going to start coming out because somebody always sees something and is, you know, 
I wouldn't say inspired, but just sees it and thinks it's easy to do. And just, um, I, you know, like you said, pump out a couple of t-shirts and all said and done, I have a, a brand. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's very easy to do all these things nowadays. So it's very accessible, but, um, you know, the funny thing I think about it all is that, you know, it's, it's really tough because you can all day long kick out things that you think that you like, but whether or not they're going to sell or not, that's, that's the question. That's true. Well, yeah, a lot of those companies obviously weed themselves out by making like super trendy shirts that appeal to like a six month period of people caring about it. Totally. Totally. Yeah. So it's just one of those things where you might have a great idea, but whether, whether or not it's marketable and it's going to sell you know especially times like now it's like i think that this is kind of good that it's happening it's weeding out a lot of things you know from brands becoming a brand or even a band thinking they can tour and get out of even you know the state of california you know it's it, it's costly it, it takes time it's not something that can be done overnight you know some some bands can 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 do it and it's and i feel like nowadays it's all about who you know it's not what you know right and it's sad but yeah um yeah i mean i'm i'm facing the battle right now where you know i know probably too many people and the problem that i really face and and is that i'm i'm too nice and i give away everything and i i give i offer my help all the time and it's really eating me alive lately because like you know I sit there and I see these people get away and do things very, very easy and meet the right person at the right time and then just, you know, handed down the money and before you know it, they're doing things that I wish that I was doing, you know, five years ago. So it's, it's, uh, it's, it's very, the, the timing is weird. It's just, uh, just a very different place. It's, you know, I feel like we're battling so many things right now, but I've only felt like it's only made Josh and I stronger as people, as brothers, as family, you know, and just everything all, um, just everything around that circle has just uh, built it. And now we just have the brain power and the push and the passion that we're just going to kill it 2011. We got an awesome um, game plan for next year. You guys just become, as the years go by, you guys definitely just become more focused to, you know, first of all, what you guys know how to do. Um, and second of all, like, you know, the the main quote that is attached to your clothing company is obviously the, you know, who inspires you. Yes. Um, and I think that's cool how you're saying that basically all you're doing is becoming more focused on what you know how to do and I guess who your, you know, your customer base is because it's like a lot of people in times of, you know, struggle, they like try to diversify. They're like, okay, we got to make money on other stuff. Yeah. So let's do, um, you know, like let's manufacture pens or whatever, something random where it's like, there's no connection really. They're just trying to do it because it's like a reaction. For sure. I, th- I mean, I, th- I always think it's good to test the waters. Um, it's just sometimes, you know, those waters could be very shallow or they could be very deep. And it's just, um, you know, I think you got to take a chance and a risk with almost anything you do. Um, it's just how big of a risk. And I feel like, you know, this last two years we've taken some big risk and really just um, paid the price or we just really learned from those, you know, risk and just went about our business and, and pushed forward and, you know, we're here to this day just because we've done something right. And I think it's because of the customers that we have out there, the, the devoted customers that are so passionate about the brand and 
love us as people, love us as a clothing line, a brand. It's just we give everybody, we, we feed everybody what we know that they like and what we like and what we wear. So, um, you know, I think that this year, uh, for, you know, we've just tested so many things that now we know what we're going to do for 2011 and that's push forward and focus on us and not give our, you know, I'm just, I'm just sick of like, uh, I was saying a minute ago, I was just sick of giving my time to each and every soul and just really just giving my love and spreading it too thin. And then at the end of the day, I have no love for myself. So, you know, at the end of the day, you gotta, you gotta love what you do. You gotta love who you are as a person. You gotta love the people that are immediate family and close to you. And, and as long as that's all there, then you're just, um, you have that support mm -hmm. and, um, and then it's just, it's just invaluable, you know? Yeah. I think what's interesting too is that, or what I've noticed, and I know you guys feature this in a section on your website where it's like you have people that actually get tattoos that are inspired from either designs you've done mm -hmm. or artists that you directly work with and everything. Um, you know, you, I don't, I can't think of any other clothing companies that have, I mean, the same sort of devotion. And yeah. That. Well, it's just kind of funny because we've, we've done some different things this year where we've really gotten ourselves out there in front of some new people. And, um, I don't know. It's just so weird. It's like, you know, being into that band that you just love and you're trying to get somebody else in the car to love the band that you're listening to that you love so much and yeah. you're like close with this person. And sometimes they just get it and sometimes they just completely don't. Yeah. And it's just crazy to me. Like I, 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 I just, that's it. I mean, people are doing things like getting tattoos on their forearms of our company name that I would never do in a million years, right. you know? <laughs> And that's just awesome to me. I mean, yeah. that, the love right there and just the tattoos and the, the people that come in and know us on a first-name basis and we know them on a first-name basis in the store. and It's just awesome. I, I feel like we just – Josh and I call it the cult customer because we have those customers that are just know everything about us, and that's awesome. We just love that because we'll always remember their names, you know? Mm -hmm. And so it just – kind of comes every new season we get those faces coming back like we just hung out with them yesterday so it's it's really super exciting and we're always you know loving, yeah. loving every minute of it so the uh, the other thing that i've noticed about uh, the clothing company as well as it's evolved over the years um is obviously as you're like you said you're hitting new people and you're introducing yourself your brand to you know different audiences than what you did when you initially started off which was obviously in the independent music punk hardcore that yeah. type of stuff um, so it's like, you know, now you see a lot of people who are obviously into, you know, whatever extreme sports culture, you know, a lot of people in Southern California that eat, can be defined as quote unquote bros, which, yeah. you know, obviously uh, it, there is some negative connotation attached to that just as far as like the classification of those, of those people. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, does it, does it feel weird? Um, like as your brand grows to have it reach new people that you know might not have the context for like where it is that you came from or is it is it one of those things where it's like because they've purchased this stuff there is an opportunity for them to know about it yeah, yeah exactly there's now that they've purchased it there's an opportunity to find out about something new which is a new artist a new band a new mm -hmm. brand that you know right. they, they will continually you know keep purchasing in the stores or online mm -hmm. so yeah i mean I, we never really pigeonholed our brand. You know, we, we say we're a lifestyle brand at most because it's like, um, you know, at the end of the day, there's so many different lifestyles out there. And the biggest thing that Josh and I 
always strive to to nail is just to educate the customers you know with new things that they might not have known about yesterday yeah so you know what, and you because you, you guys do like like custom like hang tags right that yeah. like describe the company and yeah like bios on our hang tags with the, all the garments so then that kind of gives everybody that picks up the garment or might even stumble across it in a retail store like just some kind of like back back story to the brand mm-hmm yeah, so it makes it easier kind of going into it, kind of knowing who the heck we are and what we're about. <laughs> right, right. Instead of just another clothing line. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. There's there's obviously a little more personality behind it rather than just, yeah. you know. Oh, for sure. A to die for clothing shirt and that's it. Yeah, exactly. Um, do you still finding your, uh, like, the focus of, you know, like moving towards the future, um, are you still going to work with bands in the same level that you have been or is that kind of scaling back as well? Um. I think for right now, we just have been really focused about just, you know, pushing forward the clothing line, just uh, nailing seasons on time and not so um, just spreading ourselves thin. We're just a little bit more focused now and just um, making sure that we're, you know, because if we build it, they will come type mm-hmm. thing, you know. And It's a great movie, Field of Dreams. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Except for Kevin Costner. <laughs> <laughs> He's not bad in it. He's not great. He's yeah, bad at everything. <laughs> Name one good Kevin Costner movie. Tin motherfucking cup. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> that <laughs> tin cup. Dude, that was movie great. great. <laughs> except we'll for Kevin Costner. We'll Any movie could be good except for Kevin Costner. Sheesh. Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. I could go oh. on. <laughs> we, could, we don't have to put this in there. Have you watched that movie recently? <laughs> no. Is it Hands dated? down. It's terrible. It's so bad. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. Not just Kevin Costner. He sucks in it anyways, but yeah. the movie's terrible. So, Jason, basically, that's a terrible analogy. Don't use that word. No, good analogy. Terrible (laughs) actor. Okay, I get it. So how is uh, Tadai 4 perceived around the world? Do you have have accounts in other countries? I assume so. We're doing really well in Australia right now. Um, And I think that's just because of some of the bands that we've worked with are just heavy hitters over there. Uh Um, Europe, we're actually making a lot of good traction with right now. When you say doing well, what percentage of your business is not? I mean, not percentage, but... Um, well, Would you be hurting if that stuff wasn't around? Yeah, for sure. I mean, okay. we have like distributors in different countries that are really, really helpful to have. Um, and if we didn't have those people, definitely the brand would just probably just be unheard of over there. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, we have a really great distributor in Australia, and that's another reason why we uh, have been pretty successful there. And um, Europe is just like it's it's funny because I feel like. Um, you know, Europe is kind of like, like it's it, things kind of happen slower out there for like for things that are happening here. So I think now is good timing that everything's just starting to pick up after all these years. Cause I mean, we really never focused on the clothing only until the last maybe four years. I mean, before that we were like screen printing for every Tom, Dick and Harry, you know? Yeah. So we, um. Yeah, we just are growing it slowly, but we're very, very excited. You know, we're, we're taking some steps this year that are definitely going to um, expand the brand as far as, like, trade shows and, and really getting out there and um, just visiting new places, new countries, new states, new buyers, new stores. So it's, it's going to be really cool. It's going to be fascinating to see what happens, you know? Yeah. I do know that Russia, we did some kind of Google... Um, counts in russia we are the least popular whereas Irvine, oddly enough we are the most popular <laughs> very so, weird if that tells you anything That's... i just found that to be just funny yeah 
the the Ruskies do not like oh. to die for clothing. No. <laughs> um, sort of to uh, to wrap things up. I mean, I know um, many people that are you know entrepreneurs and trying to uh, make their you know state their claim and whatever uh, whatever they're trying to do business wise. Um, you know, it's like what one piece of advice can you offer? Um, you know, like whatever say. We have, you know, a 15-year-old kid that's listening to this, which probably shouldn't be because there's a lot of inappropriate content on here because of Scott. <laughs> um, but, you know, what what advice would you have like a 15-year-old kid came up to you? Not even not even maybe specifically like, hey, I want to start the next Die for Clothing, but like what what thing could you be like, yo, this is this is the one thing that I've kept in my mind or mm-hmm. whatever the case may be. Like, Life advice. Sure. Life advice. Um, well, I think the best thing I ever said was my father told me, if you can't do it on your own, then don't do it at all. And that means anything from tools to, you know, if you don't buy a car, if you don't know how to work on it. Oh, you know, I, I made that mistake. Yeah. I don't know anything about cars. <laughs> your dad, your dad, your dad wouldn't enjoy my but, lack, lack you know, of knowledge. Growing up, um, I chose to skateboard when he was trying to teach me how to work on cars. You know, he, he had like some old classic cars that he had love to work on and even it's just a, it's just one of those hobbies you, you have and there was just definitely like a love and passion that he had for it so um, and I continually live by that to this day especially looking back the old days I used to you know I never asked for help I never went out and tried to ask people and, and I just did it we, we are like do it yourself and that, that just stems from Josh and I just growing up around punk rock and hardcore and metal it's like do-it-yourself ethics. We, something's broken. We make it fit. We fix it to make it work and the best it possibly can. You know. Yeah. So uh, that's my advice. And my other advice would be, um, if you're inspired by something, don't copy or mimic it. Just take it. You know, for what you see and kind of put it into your own words do make make something of it that's completely different because you know it's 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 always i always get super excited to hear when people are inspired by today for and you know that just just don't rip us off exactly <laughs> yeah exactly because then i mean i can easily see what's like yeah you know imitation is the highest form of flattery but it's like there's a certain line that, that goes where it's just like Oh, cool! Like you're a tattooed inspired clothing company yeah. from Southern California. Where'd you get that idea from? Exactly. Oh, you work with artists. Oh, you're calling your clothing line a signature series. Oh, weird. <laughs> like that's you know we never did that. You know. Right. Right. So, um, you know, and it, this this is perfect that we're this happened today that because last night I Josh and I experienced this was um, Josh was a part of this big art show uh, that worked with Garfield so Jim Davis was there oh wow and uh, Josh painted for the last like five six days straight not sleeping trying to get this piece and delivered it like two hours before the show and uh, looking up at the wall there's some pretty heavy hitters up there and there were only three pieces up there that were definitely looked like that anyone spent time on Hmm. and those three pieces sat no one purchased them whereas there's these pieces you know, that just were up on the wall that I felt like just somebody really didn't spend the time and just really were selling it for a high value and they sold just because of who they are or, you know, just, it's just kind of silly to me. So to me, 
it's just funny. Like I think that there's a lot of really hype on things very easily, and people follow trends and they follow the hype and who's the leader and so forth. So I feel like everyone should be their own leader and discover new artists and new people and new things that they actually physically like, not that their buddy or girlfriend or boyfriend or husband, wife, aunt, whatever, loves. Find new things you love and what you know drives you and do do it. You know, push yourself and. Um, I think things will all just fall into place gradually, you know? All right, that's it for this week. Join us next time as we do our year-end top ten list for records and best movies, etc. Our guest will be Jeremy Bohm, the singer of Touche Amore. Uh, You can follow all of us on Twitter. Scott at Scott Arnold. Ray at XPurposeX. I, Joey, am at at Joey Cahill. Our Google uh, Google voice phone number is 657-859-1761. You can follow the whole podcast on Twitter at FWP Podcast. You can follow To Die For at To Die For, and their website is todieforclothing.com. Thanks. Woo!